It's the BWI Live postgame show. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We're actually live this time. Uh, I apologize for some technical difficulties. Sean Fitz, we're off to a great start today. Welcome to the postgame show. Thank you for being here. Thanks for uh, putting up with all the stuff going on. Uh, we had a great conversation off air. Let's start with uh, you being here, and let's get right into it. Uh, what are your major takeaways from this game where Penn State, they needed a blowout, and they got a blowout? We, we had a great first five minutes for our super followers who are just, you know, you and I in the room, uh, but happy <laughs> to be on the post game show. I didn't want to didn't want to let you fly. solo. I know a lot of people have asked me about post game thoughts and, you know, Monday's sometimes too late. So I'm happy to be on here. Happy to talk about these things. Uh, big picture. I mean, you were right. 45, 14, feeling pretty good about that, especially in the conditions. Uh, we talked about that on Thursday, how Penn state sometimes lets the conditions beat them. You didn't really see that this week, but I think we'll start with the true freshman that everybody wants to talk about. Everybody's talking talking about all week you know what can he do an extensive time can he hold up and so I gotta ask T Frank what'd you think of Drew Shelton I I didn't notice him for most of the game and that to me is is a great thing for left tackle coming in I know that both of us were were pretty high on what Penn State could do in this game but two things really uh, were were kind of an impediment towards the end of the week the unknowns the weather and what's going to happen at left tackle not seeing Olafashanu at practice really was and seeing what they had out there but in this game, when you don't notice a guy and he played left tackle, uh, which is the most important position on the offensive line, guarding the blind side of the quarterback, uh, he looked so good. And that, to me, is what I wanted to see because the athleticism was always a thing for Drew Shelton at Downingtown East, I think it was. It's East or West. I, was, I get it wrong every time. But you know, following him in recruiting, athlete that wasn't asked to do a lot of pass protection, didn't look good in his postseason All-American stuff. But then when you look at what he did this offseason and seeing him over the summer and seeing the transformation and then hearing about how seriously he's taken everything, uh, he looked great. And I think you gotta, you've got to give a shout-out to him for putting in the effort. But now you've got Olu Fashanu and Drew Shelton, two tackles playing on that left side that have played very well under Phil Troutwine. This is what I think you were hoping you were going to get out of players under Phil Troutwine. So a great game. I, I have to give it an A uh, without going in and doing a deep dive, which we'll do later. But when you don't hear about your tackle, that's usually a great sign. That's what did you think about him? Yeah, it's a fantastic sign for for an offensive line that was really banged up going in. No Olu Fashano on the trip, uh, no Landon Tangle on the trip. Nate Bauer had some reporting on Blue White Illustrated about both those guys. So check that out. Uh, we had, he had it up before the game. Um, but uh, looking at that group as a whole and then one play into the game, Sean Clifford essentially chopped blocks Hunter Norzad and he's yeah. taken out for stretches of the game. He did come back in later, which was, which we were happy to see, you know, him get back and they get some sort of continuity there. You got Drew Shelton playing. They got Jim Fitzgerald and Ian Harvey. And at the end, true freshman offensive lineman, JB Nelson, it looked like the plan was to, you know, try and hold him back and keep that red shirt. We talked about that on the show on Thursday, um, but uh, they were unable to do that, but you did preserve a game for, uh, for Vega Ione. So that's good. So a lot of youth, Growing up fast on the offensive line, they took it to Indiana. Indiana, not good. Let's not sugarcoat that at all. Yeah. But Penn State did what they wanted to do. Kayshawn Allen helped. Some other playmakers helped. But you really got to feel better. I mean, it's kind of like with the Minnesota game a couple of weeks ago. You weren't sure what to expect, you know, coming off that loss to Michigan and everything like that. Penn State, a little bit hungover in this game, but still did what they wanted to do and, and really just set the tone and were just rolled all over uh, Indiana. Jason says, I believe I'll renew my season tickets now. Uh, is that because of Drew Aller? Or is that because of the win? Because both of those things, this is what I said earlier this week. When James Franklin said there's a plan to get Drew Aller in the game, the plan is beat the doors off of the remaining four teams and let Drew Aller play for 20 plus minutes in this game. Uh, so it, it, we'll get to Katron Allen. We'll get to to Sean Clifford and, and that whole thing. But what were your impressions of Drew Sheldon coming into the game and scoring two touchdowns? I think yeah, we we switched our Drews here. Drew Aller is the is the guy we want to talk about. You're missing your SEO here. Uh, no, I mean <laughs> the dude is talented, really talented. Um, you know, it's it, he's got he's got things to learn. He's got things that he can improve on. Who doesn't? Um, right. But just seeing him throw that touchdown pass to Trey Wallace, just 
a narrow window, put it right in his chest. I mean, you, you got to be impressed with some of the stuff that he was able to do in a short audition. I think it was the right time to put him in. I, I said on Twitter, one drive and then let him go. But you kind of backed yourself up with uh, with field position there. Got him in, in a comfortable spot, gave him a chance to to, to run around a little bit, throw, throw it around a little bit, uh, threw some very nice balls. Um, still still some things to work on. I had the ball tipped at the, uh, at the line of scrimmage and things like that. But man, you feel good about next season with with a, with a talent like that. I think that's we're separating the performance with the talent kind of here yeah. because that's kind of what we do with uh, you know playing in the third and fourth quarters against Indiana when you're up three four scores is very different than starting the game. But you just see the talent coming out, and that's uh, that's really phenomenal to see. He's growing up. He's smiling on the sidelines, doing the right things, and uh, I'm excited for for the future with him. Yeah, what do you make of it, too? Because there were a good number of starters in the game for Indiana, but obviously there's the demoralization factor. But he seemed like in control at the line of scrimmage. It seemed like he was putting himself into good positions. And I know that on the broadcast, Dan Orlovsky was pointing out all the things that he was doing and pointing out the protection, changing the play, getting uh, into the right thing at the right time. So command at the line of scrimmage seems like it's a, it's a, it's a plus as well, but how do you kind of like with deny Dennis Sutton earlier in the season of he's dominating garbage time, but it is garbage time. What are you taking out of that? Yeah. I mean, thrown to open receivers for the most part and, and things like yeah. that. Indiana was trampled by that point. So there are, there is an element of that, but I, I do like what Orlovsky said. I've, by the way, I, I don't know that I've watched a Dan Orlovsky game like in real time before. I thought he did a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, breaking some things down today, but backing him up to the goal line, making him take those reps and making him putting him in a pressure situation. That's also really not a pressure situation is going to be valuable for him. Um, we, you know, we talk about getting him in, in the second quarter and things like that, but really the value is just getting him the reps and getting him the reps in the right situations. And I think that Penn state did a good job today in, in getting him in the right spot and, you know, getting, they probably would have wanted a touchdown on that first drive in the second half, but you didn't. So, um, you, you kind of found, found yourself in a, in a great spot. Nine of 11, 75 yards, two touchdowns. The ball comes out of his hand differently. It's a, it's a yeah. stereotype, but it's also completely 100% accurate. Yeah. It, it, that is the number one thing every time he, well, when he throws the ball with confidence, I'll say that when, when he's locked in and the ball comes out, it's just, whew, it just, it smokes out of his hand. Uh, this is an interesting situation that I don't think is a controversy at all, but it is clear, I think, at this point. David Greeter says the offense is better with Katron Allen at this time. Nick is great, but Allen is consistent, keeps the team on schedule. I think that's a really good point. Uh, Aller is the truth. It will be great next year. Lots of promise. 2023 Big Ten champs. David's always here. He's positive. I love his vibe. He is a, he is a shining light of positivity for the most part. Um, what... What do you think about that of uh, Katron Allen keeping the team on schedule in a game like this? How important is that? I mean, I thought you were going to turn to me and say, what do you think about that? 2023 Big Ten champs. Your thoughts? <laughs> I'm not going to touch that one right now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think there's any question. Katron Allen, 18 carries, 86 yards, three touchdowns. Also, as a receiver, and I throw up the hand quotes as the the, the camera goes off of me because uh, one of those was a jet sweep that he took for for a long, long gain. Uh, just yeah, I just think he gives you a better down-to-down -down basis. Nick Nick Singleton does provide you with something, a spark. Uh, you know that that touchdown I thought was really nice. I mean, you you look at the way that they started in the T formation, the, the motion. Not disrespecting college defenses, but motion does a lot more damage than you think yeah. it would to to a college defense. Did to Ohio State last week, did it to to Indiana this week. Then they throw him the toss, and he essentially walks in. I, I like the scheming there. Um, but, uh, Catron Allen from a down to down standpoint, uh, better between the tackles, uh, comes back and does some nice things. And he's a little bit faster than we we'll probably give him credit for. So I'm, I'm really, uh, really impressed with the way that he's grown up fast. They've kept those, those carry totals close 18 and 16 today between Catron and Nick. Um, yep. so keep both those guys happy, do some really nice things and, and, and just be happy with the running performance today. 179 carries or excuse me, 179 yards on 49 carries, four touchdowns. Katron Allen, possibly your big 10 player of the week. Definitely your big 10 freshman of the week, but we'll see how that works. I know there was some real garbage in the big 10 earlier today. <laughs> uh, so I'm not sure offensively uh, anyone was really killing it, but Katron yeah. Allen did a really, really great job. And I, I agree. Uh, said this after the Michigan game, you start him, you ride him, and then you use a dose of Nick Singleton to change some things up. And I thought Nick had some some good runs today as well. 
Yeah, he ran hard late in the game and was punishing in, in the third and in the fourth quarter. This is the BWI Live post-game show. If you're here joining us uh, to discuss Penn State's 45-14 to blowout victory over Indiana, thank you. But I am asking a couple more things of you here on the show. First off, like the video. It's super helpful. Uh, it makes us go to more people, gets more eyeballs on the show, and it helps us do this after, the, uh, after each game on YouTube. Uh, Stephen Light here, uh, regular. He's donating to the channel. He's giving us a a uh, putting something in the chip tip jar for us. Always appreciate that. We'll be getting to your questions and comments throughout the next roughly uh, fifty minutes here on the about an hour long post game show. But please like the video, and if you want to talk, you want to put your name in the chat, give us some ideas of what you're thinking about. We're happy to get to that. And if you want to donate to the channel, we've got a couple people we're going to get to here in just one second. Um, Brian says, Drew Allers flashed more in a few games than Clifford did in six years. Changed my mind. Also, he's played with the third and fourth team guys at various points. Um, I will say uh, the first throw of uh, Sean Clifford's career was one of the best I've ever seen in that bowl game where he was throwing it down uh, the sideline of DeAndre Tompkins. I thought like the future was here six years ago or five years ago, whatever it was. So he's flashed, but it's been, it's been a while. Um, yeah. yeah. Your flashes general, per, per game or your flashes per, per attempts, I guess, strikingly higher with Drew. But, but then again, I think everyone's blocked a lot of Sean Clifford out. He's made some nice throws over his career, made some nice throws in the last couple of weeks, but yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's hard. It's hard when, like you just said, it comes out the, the ball comes out of his hand differently. Um, there's this the, the narrative this season seems over, um, and is that because they've played poor teams after losses, or because Penn State has turned a corner mentally with the players that they have? Because that was the conversation after that demoralizing loss in Ann Arbor. They come back and they smack Minnesota around. And then after the close loss, an emotional game where they're in it into the fourth quarter with that big collapse. And then they come out, maybe start a little slow, still score touchdown in the first quarter. Um, but they eventually get what they need and they they blow the doors off of Indiana. So I don't know how I feel about that narrative. Obviously, it's there's something to it. But when you have good players making plays, it doesn't seem to matter as much. Yeah. And, and you saw this week, I don't think anybody thought that game was in jeopardy, you know, early, even, even with the interception early, you know, where, where Indiana theoretically had an opportunity to take the lead there. I mean, you still felt pretty good. Penn State came back, uh, especially defensively, got after the quarterback, hurt Jack Tuttle. Uh, hopefully he's OK. Um, yeah. But then it was just it was just open season on not only quarterbacks, but also the running game, the screen game. Indiana did not did not have an offense. Indiana did not have an answer for that Penn State defensive line. We said the other day they could get after it with four. They did a nice job with that. They sent some blitzes. Uh, the Abdul Carter play where he knocked that down. Uh, yeah. I believe it was just before halftime. It would have been a screen. Uh, could have been a pick six. But, you know, those are the type of plays that you were looking for when you just go after it. And that's uh, that's pretty cool to see. Manny, I think, was happy to call this game, was happy to go out, you know, get, get after it, blitz up the middle, do, do a lot of different things. And they got burned on it a couple of times uh, across the middle with drag routes and stuff. But when yeah. you're that much more talented than a team, you impose your will. And that's what they did yeah. on Saturday. And, and they had to uh, – Kalen King has to stay with his man. Like, there, there was a couple of mental mistakes. What we were saying on Thursday and what I said yesterday on the Daily Edition is, like, don't fall asleep. But if you don't fall asleep, that there, there's no there's no threat on this team. They gave up after that touchdown drive. They gave up eight total yards before Penn State put Drew Aller in. They had a negative 13-yard drive and a negative 17-yard drive. When they com converted third downs, everyone looked around like, what's going on? But really, for the most part, it was zero, zero, eight, eight. Like it there, were, there was no path to any sort of functionality. Were you surprised? Just rewind all the way to the beginning. We talked to Zach Osterman this week. Were you surprised they went with Tuttle and they didn't go to Dexter Williams? And then seeing him, I know it's always retrospective and we get the benefit of hindsight, but were you surprised given how he played and sparked the offense, even if it didn't amount to much of the game? Yeah, I thought Dexter Williams was fine. You know, he, obviously the numbers aren't great, uh, four of 11, but and he had the pick. Um, but yeah, he gave you something where you can make something out of nothing. Jack Tuttle, to his credit, did a really good job running the football, especially early, had a couple of pulls, was, ended up in Indiana's third leading rusher. So there was something to that, but I, you just got a little bit more dynamic with Dexter Williams and uh, really spread Penn State out a little bit. 
guys were happy to tee off on running backs when they were you know running the zone read or, or doing a little bit of RPO work. But Tuttle, to, to their credit, made them pay on that touchdown drive. I mean, that's one of your stats. They had an eight-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. They finished with 76 yards in the first half. Penn State had, I think, 13 tackles for loss, 16, uh, or excuse me, six sacks in the first half. Just, I mean, you, you kind of felt bad when they put the true freshman Soresby in yeah. there. He had no shot. And that's kind of what Nate was talking about the other night on the show is if you put a true freshman behind a banged up offensive line, you're not sure how it's going to go. And if it goes anywhere, it can go really bad, really fast. And it did that for Indiana. But I, I do, you know, not that we're doing an Indiana post game here, but putting Dexter Williams out there gave him a lot more of a dynamic aspect than you would you would think. Yeah, and it was really watching the film and seeing how their offense operates. There was a hole. There was a clearly a slot that needed to be filled with a specific talent, and it came in in the form of of the quarterback run part of this 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 game. And even as a scrambler, you saw that from Tuttle. The the very first play of the game was a quarterback keeper, was a quarterback draw. So that was something that the, clearly they wanted to inject into this game, and it didn't really go well for them uh, today. A couple of things I want to get to in the chat. Um, we're gonna blow through a couple of these. El Guapo's back. He says Deluca not related to him, but the dude makes plays. Want to see more of him? Saved Parker Washington's punt fumble. Also happy the young O line guys playing well, um, uh, playing and playing well. So got Dom Deluca fans. He's he's an easy guy to root for, isn't he? Like yeah. I really enjoy watching him play. He's feisty. He runs around. He's uh, more athletic than uh, you probably give a walk on credit for. And he really coming from safety fills that Sam linebacker role pretty well, given, you know, the transition in the defense. Yeah. He looks like he can hang in there. I mean, I, I think he's, he's in the mix next year to start. And I think that that's not an indictment on anybody else. I think he's made the plays. He's done some nice things. He mentioned the Parker Washington uh, fumble on the punt. DeLuca was right there to, to clean it up a couple plays earlier. He strung out and he just took on a blocker headlong yeah. and strung it out for a tackle for loss for someone else. He had a couple of nice plays. I think he was the guy that, supplied the pressure on the Hardy pick as well. So does a lot of things well. You need those guys on your team. I think he's eventually going to be a scholarship guy um, for Penn State. And he's been productive and he's been he's he's been more than your average walk on more than they thought probably they were getting um when they when he came in late. Always been a great football player, um obviously at the high school level. But yeah. to get that from a from a non-scholarship guy, I mean you'll take that every day. Yeah. Yeah. And it usually finds himself around the football, which is always that's one of those like, I don't know how what what part of a skill that is, but it's definitely a skill. Brian's I also tried to question. do that without the stereotypes, too. So I, I think I made it through there, but I, I didn't drop a lunch pail or anything along the way. Yeah, we, we said nothing about being a gym rat, but I think we did it. I think we did it right. I think we handled that pretty well. You, Brian you were, says you were closer than you. You I think you'll watch this back and you were closer than you want to admit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was, that's why I said for a scholarship player, more athletic than you expect for a scholarship player. Brian says no question. Just appreciate your post game show and weekly videos. Also desperate. Uh, despite the frustration at times, I love me some Manny Diaz defense fun to watch. Appreciate that. Brian, uh, glue liquor appreciate him coming in larry says i'm thinking penn state is better than their record what do you think about that do you, do you think that penn state is better than their record i, I kind of feel like they are their record because they've played a very tough schedule and they lost to teams that you would consider that they lose the one thing i would say is like if you're considering a, an extra little l on top with the way they played at michigan that was a game they should have been competitive in but weren't Right. I think they are their record. Unfortunately, you're going to gauge the entire season based off of two games, and that's Ohio State and Michigan. They lost them. There's no there's no getting back there. Played well against Ohio State, did not play well against Michigan. If you end up 10-2 and two in a New Year's Six game, you say, eh, that's about right for this group. I mean, they, they've done a nice job of taking care of business and got Maryland next week, which is obviously a big one. Uh, Rutgers and then Michigan State, who upset, uh, I believe it, last check, they upset Illinois today. Um, so teams that can can hurt you teams that can can get and basically throw a haymaker at you i don't think they're going to hang with you for all four all four quarters but they have the ability to make some plays and all of a sudden you're down a little bit uh we got this one here this is something that that i had in my notes today scott wilson says don't care about anything else love seeing tight ends bar barreling downfield uh not just as receivers with theo johnson having that that really nice catch down the scene but he's really improved as a run blocker uh, and I know that it's not always seen and it's not always at the line of scrimmage, but having him downfield as an actual competent run blocker or even on screens and, and quick passes, that really does do what they want it to, which is you have that threat of him blocking 
and going to get the football. Um, what was your assessment of the tight end play in this game as far as, you know, strange and that nasty catch and then Theo Johnson and his contributions today? You know, strange uh, did not play well against Ohio State. We, we highlighted a bunch of guys that did play well. Strange did not. Um, but I think he bounced back very well, especially in the blocking game. I think it's interesting to see the snap count or when we see the snap counts here to see how much the snaps for Tyler Warren have gone down. Cause as you mentioned before his blocking yeah. has been atrocious at times this year. They've played a lot of 12 personnel. They throw out Theo, they throw out strange um, and, and they can really do a lot in that scenario using basically using them as fullbacks at time uh, at times. So it's um, it's, it's innovative. It's it. I don't know what, I don't know if I want to say innovative is the word, but they're actually using them now, which yeah. is, innovative compared to last year compared to the start of this year so you see what's good um you know i feel for theo because that drop that he had was was a bad drop uh unfortunately yeah. but you look back a couple of plays or the, i think it was the series before where he got lit up late and you can tell his eyes were down looking for that he did eventually get his touchdown at the end of the game but you can see where that drop came from it's unfortunate because that i mean that's another six right there so good to see that uh once again I think what it goes back to is Penn State didn't need the help up front. You know, maybe a chip yeah. here and a chip there, but you need that against Ohio State. You don't need that against some teams. You didn't need that against Indiana today. So you get those guys downfield. You run some seams. Um, you know, the the pick uh, went to Strange, but I don't think that that was you know on him at all. He, he shouldn't even gotten the ball in the first place. Um, yeah. But uh, other than that, you, you got to be clean. Or you got to like the clean game that tight, the tight ends played. Yeah. And it's, it was a, um, it's always nice when you actually get to the point that you're trying to get to as an offense and balance is actually a thing for them now where they can throw the football. And in this game in particular, coming in to, uh, this matchup against Indiana, what I was trying to say was all week, Indiana is a good run defense. They're not going to be out of position, but you can absolutely beat them. Like you have to, you have to beat them and you can, but they're not going to just give it to you. And one of the things I noticed on film was that they were very good at defending the things that they're good at defending at uh, inside zone, outside zone, kind of keeping things pretty simple between the tackles. So Penn State went heavy on counter and they went heavy on some of their gap schemes today, still mixing in everything that they, they do uh, and some of their interesting run packages, but they were really heavy on the counter again today. And coming out of the first month of the season, that was one of the things I took away from most is that, they really have a diversity of what they can do up front. They are not pinned to one thing. So what happened to previous teams on film doesn't have to happen to them because they can pivot. They can do something different. And if that doesn't work, they've got a good Rolodex of run plays that they can get to uh, throughout the game. So it's really, it, it is really impressive that they have balance in the run game. And as much as Sean Clifford is what he is, um, you still have balance of threats from the tight ends and the passing game. Uh, how yeah. What did you think of Clifford today? You know, just those warts keep showing up. I mean, yeah. you talk about all the bad things, and then you talk about the drop for Theo that should have been six. Um, you know, I just, it, he didn't look himself. He didn't look as confident. Um, I know people probably take exception with it. He didn't look himself, but it was, he was off. Um, no question about it. Um, and really, that's unfortunate because you look at everything that he's done and it's been good enough and it's it's going to be good enough to beat Indiana but then you see Drew come in and take take the next step I and mean, it's really tough it's getting tougher and tougher to rationalize that one i'll say that yeah. is uh, is how i look at that 15 to 23 229 with the pick that was on him um didn't run the ball which i, I i'm perfectly fine when penn state yeah. doesn't have to use the quarterback run and they don't use it that's that's good you get the you get the ball to those guys uh get the ball to running backs and make it work I just, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't, I don't want to say it's time to, to, to change it, but it's, uh, it's getting harder and harder to argue against that. It's the clock is ticking lower and lower for sure. And it, it's, he, the losses obviously change people's perception, but the throw to throw consistency was there. Um, but when you're predetermining your reads and you've decided where the ball is going before the snap and you, it, it's a play you have to read, that's where it gets very frustrating. And that's that throw. If you're watching the the replay, Theo Johnson's open for a big play. Right. If you just read the play, and I think sometimes Sean get, Clifford gets a little bit ahead of himself, and like I don't know if it's it's a too smart sort of thing because we hear raving about his his preparation and his his ability to to understand the game on the chalkboard, but it does 
it just seems like it's so hard for him to translate it to the field. And then some of the throws today that he made and, and the offense moving, Mitchell Tinsley making some amazing catches in contested situations. Brenton Strange doing that. And I think to me, that's the biggest change so far has been that he's actually trusting those. Like he's just throwing it now instead of having to have a perfectly open pass, trying not to make a mistake. He's letting his big bodied receivers go up and make plays. And whether it's luck or not, they've been coming down with a good number of those so far uh, over the last two games, especially, but even going back to, to the, uh, to the Minnesota game, we have a uh, comment here. Just want to support y'all want to say, I think we should have stuck to the run more against OSU thought 56 and 66 exceeded expectations. And I like the defensive line, 99, 91 and 56. Uh, anything from the defense, the defense, you know, those guys up front that you saw today, uh, obviously, cause I, Izzard got a sack. Anything stand out to you from the defensive line? I like the the lift that Izzard has given them in the last couple of weeks. He's a talented kid um, and is really, you know, if there's anything to the freshness aspect of it, he came in and, and gave them a lift that they needed. Um, denied in a Sutton getting the pick there. That's fantastic uh, to, to get your younger guys involved like that and have him have them make plays as good. Um, you know, I just just a dominant, dominant performance by this defensive line. Uh, Nick Tarburton getting in there, getting some, some good plays in there as well. So that's good. Um, I, I do, I, I know we're sick of Clifford talk, but I, you made an interesting point. It, it's sort of like a simulation here because he goes up the line of scrimmage. He makes these calls and he slides protection. He does all this kind of stuff. And, yep. and that's, I don't want to say it's all right, but it, a lot of it works out. Like it puts people in the right position and then, you hit play and you've got the execution aspect of it. And that's where it falls apart. And that's, that's really what's so tough to stomach is, is you can see the experience coming through before the snap and then the ball is snapped and things change. And I think that's probably the most frustrating thing. And, and I, I like the way that you put it, that the, with, with the chalkboard, I'm sure he's, he's fantastic. He's got everybody in the right spots. And then all of a sudden it comes down to the execution. And that's, what's so frustrating to see. It, it's so it goes down to, I really think like what makes, quarterbacks good like that that line of demarcation when the adrenaline is pumping and you've got to slow your brain down and remember all those things going down to like sean we've talked about this for years with him just remembering to check the ball down sometimes he forgets to do that mm -hmm. don't flail in the pocket sometimes he forgets that there's a backside read that he can get to and he tries to run um, you know, one of the, one of the frustrating things that I saw today was uh, it's, it's man coverage. So it's cover two man. And that is a, that's a position you can run from it's third down, but it's my first read is covered. And I know that I have gotten first downs before. So he abandons playing quarterback to then scramble, but everyone knows that about shot Clifford. They, right. they kept a nose tackle there to gum up his running lanes. And he's not a guy you, you mentioned happy when you don't see the quarterback run game. He he's not agile. Like he's not a guy that's going to make a cut. If you make him turn, you've won that rep. And it's just like moments like that little things that stick out to you of like, here we go again of keep your eyes up while you're doing that. And you have an opportunity. And I agree. Like it was hard at the Ohio game, watching drew Aller come in and play well against the same players and move the ball down the field. Clifford's kind of, brought that back a little bit, throwing the ball down the field, getting guys open a little bit more and throwing it. But then you just, we spent all week saying that, you know, he gives them the best opportunity to win. And every time that Drew Aller comes on the field, it's like, ah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you're talking about taking your lumps and, and, and I think Penn state could play Drew Aller quite a bit over the last three games and still end up 10 and two. Um, but this was an ideal scenario today to, yep. to get the lead, to get them out there um, away from home, you know, quiet, you know, quiet stadium that was, you know, quiet to begin yeah. with. And then all of a sudden you're up 31 to seven. So you're, it's even quieter. So I, I have no problem with the way that he got reps today. I just, you'd like to see that over the next month. And you have to wonder if Franklin's going to do that just because, he could have put him at the beginning of the second half today. You were comfortable with the 24 to seven lead, but he didn't because he wants, he wants that little cushion wants Clifford to go out there, get them another score and get them to be where they need to be. I get that. So that's what makes me apprehensive about seeing him in the second quarter, as he's talked about before seeing him yeah. early in the third quarter reps are great. And these reps are going to be valuable, but that's uh, I think that, that, it's just getting closer together. Um, the the, yeah. the two sides just keep getting closer together.
Yeah, and that's something that I think is important if you're talking about we've talked about him coming in in garbage time and, and getting these reps when there's no game pressure. If the game is still be to be decided, that has a different edge to it. And um, next week, Maryland, like Indiana, doesn't have a great pass rush. So that would be super interesting to see there. Uh, but this is uh, Mike's back. He says, today's game makes your eyes go forward, not backward. We've been looking back too long. And I think he means forward, like kind of shake off the one and two over the last three games. But also... Drew Shelton, uh, what you've got on the offensive line coming back next year, the defensive line, the way the defense in general played, are you starting to build next year's team in the back of your mind? Are you starting to think about that 2023 team? Dude, I was doing that like two months ago. That's what I do. I cover <laughs> recruiting. So, um, yeah, with the, with the running backs, with the quarterback. And, hey, Bo Buell is a really good quarterback, too. Like I'm, yeah. And that's probably your backup next year. Um, so we'll see how those guys develop, but deny Dennis Sutton, uh, Zane Durant, who probably needs another year, those offensive linemen that we talked about before. And you'll, you can lump JB Shelton in there as well. There's a lot to like there and they just keep going down and, and naming these guys off. And maybe you get a couple of breaks, get a couple of guys back that you weren't expecting. And, and all of a sudden this nucleus is, is a little bit bigger than you, you had hoped for, but still going to have to hit the portal. Um, basically every position, um, is open. And I know that they're scouting every position and every, basically every roster in the country right now. So um, that's that's where you go with it. But it, it's hard to look at this team and just say, okay, your, your top four leading or top three leading rushers today, Katron Allen, Nick Singleton, and then Drew Aller is your third. You got, you got uh, guys that are younger in their, in their um, scholarship or excuse me, in their uh, eligibility clock that are making plays as receivers. Uh, Trey Wallace with the touchdown today. There's just so much to like about um, the, the younger nucleus on this roster. And if you can put, a competent offensive line out there. It goes a long way in, in sort of exposing that. Uh, this has got to be the first time I've seen this so far uh, with Phil Troutwine at Penn State. Larry says Phil Troutwine needs a raise. O-line was impressive. The young guys look like they'll be awesome. Offense seems to have turned a corner. Yeah, I think that that's even in, you know how it always is, a, a pretty loss. I do think that matters against Ohio State. So going to the Minnesota game and, and really watching how the offense evolved when we were all looking at how it wasn't working and they found this new thread that really they're going down a lot of, not just Phil Troutwine, but also I think Mike Yersich and the way he's evolved this two tight end system and working through all those kinks is, is really impressive. And this is, these are the things that James Franklin have been talking, talking about of getting assistants that can do these things and going out and, and getting guys and targeting them for uh, their, their acumen at their positions. And then Ryan says, how is Drew Shelton not playing all year? Seems like Franklin treats freshmen like it's the 80s. What's your Franklin talked about Drew Shelton would have been playing uh, on Wednesday. He said that he'd been playing if they weren't trying to preserve his red shirt. Is that valuable given how the right tackle position feels like it's very tenuous most of the time? It, what's the value there of the red shirt if you feel like a guy is good enough to play? Well, I mean, look, look at him. He looks like he's wearing his older brother's pads. I mean, compared to the <laughs> other guys around him, especially with Olu in front of him, he's, yeah. he's still still small. I mean, he was he was 270, and then he transferred to IMG, and he got up to 290 too fast, like put on bad weight, got up to 290, came back home, got to 270, arrived. He was not a January kid. He arrived at the end of May, so his, his clock started a little bit later. Physically, he's just he's nowhere close to where Olu is. He's nowhere close to where some of those upperclassmen offensive linemen in. And we're going to go back and take a look at the tape and probably the effusive praise at the beginning of this podcast, we're going to pick holes in it. And that's because yeah. that's what we do. So yeah. uh, good enough. I, I just, you know, if you, if you wanted to roll him out there for an entire year, I don't think, I don't think he would hold up as well, but did a nice job. I go back to Olu last year. Olu was a very different player. He was a guy that you, basically could put out there a tackle and get in front of somebody and somebody came back with an inside rush or something. He'd be toast. He really developed. He really got an opportunity to um, put in the work in the off season, did some great things in the post bowl practice last year. And he's turned into one of the best offensive linemen in the country. Drew is a kid who has a little bit further to go physically. Yep. And it's one of those things where you could have thrown him out there and he could have got torched. I mean, you don't want to throw an offensive tackle, a freshman offensive lineman at any position, let alone tackle out there three weeks too early, because all of a sudden that, that could have an effect on the rest of his career. So you'd rather be late than too early. I don't think they're too late. I don't, I don't think that the, that, that was an issue. I don't see Penn state holding, you know, as you said, like the eighties, I mean, 
Yeah. You've got two starting freshman running backs. So you've got guys that are playing uh, through rotations and things like that. You've got guys that are playing a lot of special teams. Cam Miller uh, made yep. some nice special teams plays today. So you're getting those guys out there. And if they're talented enough, they're going to play. It's just a matter of that jump is so big, so big for a freshman offensive lineman. And when yeah. you're not quite physically there, I mean, 285, I think he's listed at 292 or something like that. If he was 285, might be a surprise. He's going to continue to grow, continue to get better. Excited to see it, not harping on it, not uh, not complaining about him getting out there too too late. Can he play? Do you think he can play right tackle? Because he seemed most comfortable when I've seen him play on the left side. Do you think that they can, if if Olufashanu decides he wants to come back and he wants to to play another year at Penn State, could they get their best combination out that way? Um, because uh, you know that's always a tricky thing, and it seems like they've kept these guys pretty clearly, like Olu, Drew Shelton. Uh, Rashid Walker, like there's been a clear plan. Do you think that they can, he'd be able to see the field and, and make a difference at right tackle? Yeah, play your best two tackles regardless. I mean, uh, yeah. obviously he'll lose number one. And if he gets to the point next year where they need him to play right tackle, absolutely play him at right tackle. I think he can, he's capable of doing it. Um, what was interesting to me at the end of the game there where they had Fitzgerald and, and Ian Harvey out there, the walk-ons, they did have Drew Shelton at left guard, which it's like, okay, uh, I guess. If you're trying to figure out uh, if you're replacing Tangwall, if Norzad's hurt worse than you think, Wormley's been banged up, um, it's been a revolving door there at left guard, you're going to figure out how much value you have to to burn that last game and to eventually burn that redshirt. Yeah. Uh, who's been – so here we'll just go into – a little bit into like the future specs of this team. Who's the freshman that surprised you the most of all the guys that have played? Uh, who's the guy that maybe you didn't think was going to be contributing but is? Um, I mean, Vega Yoni didn't play today, so that would probably be my, <laughs> my answer going into that, but really, really like deny Dennis Sutton. Um, but that's nothing new. I mean, I've loved that kid for a long, long time. I, I would say, you know, if you told me back in probably June or something like that, before we started hearing the ridiculous, uh, feats of strength and things like that for Abdul Carter, I mean, he's come further than anybody in that class yep. in the last year. Uh, physically he was always there. Um, but it's just a matter of him learning to play linebacker and he's done some great things. So I think that that would probably be my answer in the long run. If you were talking, um, for, uh, you know, just kind of, a look at these guys last signing day or something, who's going to have a big impact. I think Abdul Carter has, uh, blown past those expectations. Yeah. I, I go back to his junior film. And when I talked to him last spring, he he told me that was the first time I'd ever played linebacker. He was a defensive end before that. And he looked like he didn't know what football, like how to football. And then you see the transformation his senior season. And then the fact that he has just not stopped that trajectory. I think you're, you're really, you make a good point there. The guy that comes to mind for me is I cam Miller is just so small. Like I didn't expect you seeing him in person, Cam Miller, to be a guy that would be the the um, corner that would be the one that would uh, see more time this year and burn his red shirt. But as far as athlete goes, he's he's a very good athlete. I'm just surprised he's getting as many reps as he has so far because I didn't know he was a quarterback. He played corner for only a little bit when he transferred his senior season. But to make that transition, I, I was really impressed with him. Uh, anything yeah, else? Sorry, go ahead. Miller and KJ Winston, I think, are going to go from guys that have niche roles right now, uh, special teams, maybe some some late things, or late late game uh, garbage time, if you will, to competing for starting job next year because I think they're both pretty good players. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the cornerback room shakes out, but Miller's going to have an opportunity to do that. Winston as well, and then maybe may even Christian Driver as well, whether he's yeah. still at corner next year or whether he's going to be a safety um, eventually moving over. Uh, taking the route that Zaki Wheatley did last offseason. I think that'll be very interesting. But those guys that that don't get a ton of snaps, I mean, we're talking about the two running backs all the time. We're talking about Oliver all the time. We're talking now Drew Shelton, denied Dennis Sutton, Zane Durant, but uh, and of course Carter. But beyond those those guys, uh, th those two um, defensive backs are intriguing to me and the fact that they can make that leap as second-year players and potentially challenge to start. Yeah, especially considering you've got um, Jair Brown, who is going to be graduating, Jalen Reed coming in and playing a lot as a freshman, and then now this year with a, with a big role as well. Uh, so just keeping that pipeline going, keeping the the advantage you have in the secondary, because Joey Porter Jr. going to the NFL, Kalen King is not going to be far behind him. He's been phenomenal this season. I know that he had a rough day against Ohio State, but you know sometimes you lose, and he's a sophomore playing uh, in some of the biggest ball in, in America. So 
keep your advantage at corner. You got to keep these pipelines going. Um, here's another one. Uh, wish we could have seen some Kane Saunders and Ivy. These are guys that that clearly they want to get in the game. They want to get those four games, but you don't know what's going to happen at the end of the year. And of course the bowl game, you want to make sure you've got the opportunity to play guys there. If you want, um, what is the, what's the timeline for some of these guys? Uh, I think Ivy's a hard red shirt, but for Saunders, especially we've talked about speed all season. Have you felt about that of mm, he's, you got this guy, but they're, they're clearly want him to develop behind the scenes. Yeah. A little bit more raw than you would have thought coming in. And, and I would have thought as well, because Saunders was phenomenal um, at a very high level in Ohio. Um, Ivy, one of those guys probably need to take care of stuff off the field a little bit, get a little bit more mature, um, talented kid. Absolutely. But a hard red shirt for me as well. Um, Saunders was kind of on that line. I think they were heading toward playing him and then Amari Evans stepped up and, and became that speed guy. And yeah. do you need two of those guys with the, uh, sort of the caveat that you're losing one of the red shirts for one of those, uh, one of those players. I don't know. So, um, I think those guys can compete probably next year if not another year or two it'll be very interesting to see how this wide receiver room shakes out of course you're you know it, it, parker washington is such a huge cog in terms of whether or not he he'll come back but it, you know if he does you feel pretty decent about that and trey wallace continues to make more catches than he made in the early season um so you feel good about that but after that there's a lot of questions there's a lot of opportunity there to be honest with you saunders evans uh ivy as mentioned Tyler Johnson's a red is redshirting this year. I'll probably take a little bit longer. You don't know what Malik Mega is going to do. Um, he's got to catch yeah. the football, and if he doesn't catch the football, he's not going to factor in. If he does start um, by some measure catching the football, maybe you've got something there. So we'll see what happens with those guys. I mean, it's uh, it's a long way off, but I think the the receiver group you're going to look in the portal as you always do. But the receiver group very intriguing this offseason. You know, I, I don't always, I never know how to believe in if I believe in fate or not, but having you here on the BWI live post game show, when we've had so many freshmen in the game to talk about recruiting and the impact from the beginning all the way to the end of them seeing on the field, been perfect. This has been amazing. Great. Uh, I wasn't sure where you're going with that, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's been perfect to have these conversations about the full picture. 45, 14 Penn state knocks out Indiana. Indiana didn't really have much of an opportunity in this game. Once the uh, Penn state defense was able to lock in second drive they allow 75 yards after that they allowed eight yards heading into the fourth quarter so pensa gets the blowout when they needed uh we mentioned olufashanu not playing and that that situation going forward is going to be very interesting given that i think the red shirt for drew shelton they still want to maintain that i, I imagine um but beyond that another kind of quasi recruiting question fashanu top five pick in the draft because he's obviously very good at football is, is how the narrative is going right now. Penn state, as we've talked about on the BWI daily edition several times has been struggled to find a true tackle in this class. Uh, and in, you know, Samson, Ogunlola, some of those guys that are the top guys in the country. How much does that hype around Fashanu help with that in the long run? Because sometimes it just takes something to kickstart and get that guy going what's the value of having him on the field versus having him be a top five pick and getting more of those guys on the field? Well, I mean, the hype has been huge just in terms of like turning Penn state on as one of these schools that can actually produce a top offensive lineman, because this is yeah. not a situation where you've got a five-star and you're turning him into a first round pick. It's still very hard to do. They took Olu, who was a borderline four-star kid. I loved coming out of uh, Gonzaga, but wasn't a can't miss by any stretch of the imagination. And they've developed him. Phil Troutwine has developed him. Probably hasn't gotten enough credit for that because, you know, some people look at that and say, well, he's always been good. He hasn't always been good. Phil Troutwine's done a heck of a job. So you look at that development. So you feel good about Javen Williams. You feel good about Alex Birchmeyer. Uh, Anthony Dunka is going to be a project, but at the same time, he's got all the things that kind of all the things that the Fashano had going for him, not saying he'll be at that level of a prospect or anything like that, but you've started to develop, you've started to get your own guys in there. Um, that's certainly important, especially the, the way that they've recruited the numbers that they've recruited offensive line have not been good. I mean, you look at yeah. the 2020 class, Olu is what you've got out of that. And you've got third string reps from, uh, from Jimmy Chris right now. And that's pretty much it. Of course, Nick Dawkins has hurt, uh, 2021. Brought in Landon Tangwall, brought in Nate Bruce. Nate Bruce was out within three practices, three spring practices. So yeah. very, very thin at that level. So you've had to replenish, restock to get somebody to come along like Olu and potentially be a multi-year starter. So big, so big for them. That's just the program level. But 
on top of that, making him a potential top five, 10, whatever pick is going to be something that pays off for them. Maybe not right now, but it's something that you can, you know, it's a, it, it's one of those uh, recruiting feathers in your caps. Sometimes they work out really well for you. Sometimes it's just another thing. So I think it's, I think it's really good. I think he's done a f- fantastic job. And I, again, I'll give Phil Troutline all the credit in the world. Those guys have developed that guy into a guy that gets in the way or from a guy that gets into the way into a guy that just is, is a beast. Yeah. And Javen Williams is a beast says Robert Kaufman. So Penn state, uh, a lot of talented offensive linemen on the way. And some guys, some of them are here quicker than we anticipated. Pete's here, Pete Anthony. He's a regular appreciate having him here. Um, uh, we got a couple minutes here on the BWI live post game show. Um, it's a blowout. <laughs> so like from a, from an X's and O's standpoint, I, it, Indiana didn't have much they could do uh, offensively and then defensively Penn State uh, really took it to them the offensive line and this goes back to just kind of continuing this conversation about Phil Troutwine and something we've kind of covered already but I just want to underscore the point that it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just Drew Shelton JB Nelson looks like he's improved from the first time that we saw him and the rest of the offensive line was able to uh, really engage at the line of scrimmage and push guys out of their gaps because this was again a team that I thought was really good at football but weren't really good at athleting at football um the offensive the, the right side still struggled with some stunts uh, that that showed back up again um so we'll see how it goes going going forward but the good thing is I don't know that Maryland has a great pass rush right now so if this group has to play again a good opportunity to repeat this process for the Nittany Lions. Uh, is there is there something from this game that stands out to you that we haven't covered yet? Not really. Um, I, I think it's okay to be happy with this win. You know, uh, 45 to 14. I had it 48 to 14 in my prediction. Then I was like, yeah, I'll draw it back a little bit. Went with 41 to 14. And so I appreciate them hitting right down the middle. I'm shocked the over hit just based on the, uh, the weather reports that we were getting from Bloomington early in the day. Um, no, I'm just looking down the, um, looking down the list, Kobe King, uh, eight tackles, two and a half tackles for loss. Um, Tyler Elston went to the sideline a couple of times with injuries, yeah. but King seemed to step up after that. And you know, that's, that's helpful because you feel pretty good about, uh, your linebacker, your outside linebackers. And then all of a sudden, uh, Curtis Jacobs goes out and you need somebody to step up. Kobe King did a nice job with that. Um, denied in a Sutton got the pick, um, yeah, just looking looking down, Indiana wasn't going to hurt you, but Penn State went yeah. out and, and made those plays and did a really nice job of of you know just basically making this one a no contest from about the what seven minute mark of the first quarter. Uh, that's actually bring up a good point. Something that I, I forgot to to mention. Did Curtis Jacobs come back in the game, and are you concerned about that? Because again, at a certain point, you can't keep losing high end starters. You can't keep losing Olaf Ashanu and and Curtis Jacobs and be like, you know what? It's fine. Maybe Penn State's backup offensive line or backup left side could beat Indiana, but uh, linebacker, offensive line, like, it, are you concerned about that going forward if there's something serious with, with Jacobs? Yeah, um, I didn't see him come back in the game, so that's obviously not great. But you you take a look back to the spring and talk about how there were certain spots that were just so thin there where one guy makes a difference. Offensive line, we saw that uh, today, and Penn State, to their credit, bounced back, did a really nice job in linebacker. Um, you know, you finally, I think you finally found the sauce in terms of putting uh, Carter at the will, putting uh, Jacobs at the Sam, and all of a sudden you lose Jacobs. So that's not great, uh, obviously. So um, I'll defer to Nate on this one. He's out in Bloomington, so he probably saw a little bit more uh, than I did, but it was really, um, you know, not not ideal at that spot to lose anybody. And, you know, it's great to see Don DeLuca do what he did. It's, did. it's great to see Charlie Catcher out there making plays with his, you know, shoulder hanging on by by a, by a thread there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you you want your best guys ready to go, especially uh, Maryland's a big game for him. Always has been. He's a Maryland kid. Um, you know, I, I know that they they recruited him hard. Penn State recruited him hard. So we'll see uh, see what happens with uh, with Curtis Jacobs. Hopefully, it's nothing too serious. But he's been a guy that's he's been banged up at times this year. Yeah. Uh, Gary's a fan of your shirt. Uh, okay. any, anything behind it? Any reason you're, why, you're wearing the Naval Academy tonight? I always usually rep Naval, the Naval Academy. My uh, wife's family is is big into uh, Annapolis and the Naval Academy. So uh, kind of a hanger on from that ma- from that standpoint. I've got Army and Navy roots in, in my family, but uh, the Academy is is something special for, for us. Awesome. Uh, it's also my here's the, shirt, the home field shirt and it's so comfortable. So it's, uh, it's, I'm not getting paid for that, but, uh, I, I, I love this shirt. It's absolutely phenomenal. 
I mean, you could be home field if you want to sponsor the BW Live postgame show. Uh, we're all for it. Uh, uh, Mike says the upcoming week is like studying for a phys ed, uh, phys ed exam for me. Uh, Steven says T Frank going to have an easy week of tape breakdown. Here's the thing, guys. You got to know about me. I don't make anything easy. Like I'm not Sean Clifford. Uh, making everything look hard, but I don't make anything easy. So you're going to have a full breakdown. We're probably going to get into a lot of Drew Aller stuff because that's what people want to know when you see him. So check that out, uh, hopefully tomorrow, but if not Monday for the, for the, uh, for the, uh, film study on the offense. And then of course the defense coming up, that one might actually be easy because Indiana bad couldn't block lots of tackles for loss. I think there were 15 tackles for loss in this game. It was just nuts. Uh, any, what do you have coming up after the game? Because I know we're, we're wrapping up here. What do you have coming up at bluewhiteillustrated.com? Uh, I'll get my first impressions of the game. Always a very popular segment. Um, this one is going to be tough because, I number one, on one hand, I don't want to talk about Clifford. I'm just, I've got the Clifford right fatigue of, of talking about that and making that argument. Um, and this one was pretty straightforward. Penn State just pounded Indiana. Uh, and that's what they needed to do. That's absolutely what they needed to do. Did the same thing a couple of weeks ago uh, against Minnesota and that's what you're looking for. I know you you didn't get the wins that you wanted this year with Ohio State and Michigan, um, but they're they're making I don't want to say the easy ones that they've made these in October and November a lot easier than some of the ones in the past. Uh, that'll make sure you check out bluewhiteillustrated.com. You can sign up for ten dollars and get access to our premium content that goes all the way until next. September, the beginning of next football season. So sign up now uh, and you get that $10 value. Of course, subscribe here to the Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. Help us keep growing our social media presence. Blue White Illustrated uh, at Penn State on three on Twitter, all that great stuff. Sean, thanks for coming on. This was a great conversation, breaking down everything and looking forward to the future with Penn State football. Yeah, it was good. I'm glad, glad I didn't leave you hanging. And it's nice to not only talk about the game, but also have that buffer where you have the opportunity to gather your thoughts because it's so far out of reach. We, we like those here. We like the, we like to talk blow and we like exciting football, but at the same time, it's nice once in a while to take a game that you should win by a lot of points and then win by a lot of points. It, it's yeah. helpful. It's, it's helpful on the heart. It's helpful for the fan base. Uh, it's helpful for you guys that are commenting. Um, I don't have good recruit news for you that, that you're asking for it because I, I haven't, looked into that today but uh no it's it's good for everybody when it when, when a win comes like this i'll tell you what if i have to uh, some of the games that we've seen this year that have gone down to the wire i come on and i i'm just like shocked because i they you're taking stuff from the very end of the game and trying to like put it into the puzzle of the whole thing it just is so much easier when you've got a 20 minute game time lead to be like okay here's what happened in the game uh but yep. we'll be back no matter what after the the maryland game that's always a tricky game for the Nittany Lions, and uh, it's going to be a good team coming in. Make sure you subscribe, and you're here for the next BWI Live postgame show. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with our Monday recap, and uh, we'll do it all again. Once again, thanks for coming on, Sean. No, my pleasure. Uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. Live show coming up at 8. I'm Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>